all of the sermons up online in a row on time, and so you can get caught up with us. You're not going to be lost with us today. Each sermon kind of stands on its own. But today, getting into part four. So first, we, we looked at love God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul. This idea of putting God first in our lives, smashing the idols, getting rid of the things that get in the way of God, that, that we put in place of God in our lives. The second thing we looked at was love your neighbor. And that neighbor, you know, said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and soul, and love your neighbor as yourself, the second commandment. And those two things alone sum up everything that, that uh, the Bible pretty much teaches us and tells us. It was everything that Christ came to, to live, die, and resurrect for. And who is our neighbor? Whoever God inconveniently puts in our way, that is our neighbor. It's not just the person we like, not just the people that we feel deserve, but whoever God puts in our way that's broken, that is in need of him, that is our neighbor. That is who we are to love. The third thing we talked about uh, last week, sacrifice. The idea of sacrifice is the giving up of something that we don't want to give up. Something we would rather hang on to, but we give up for the betterment of something else. That is a sacrifice, and sacrifice is the heart of worship. Without it, our worship is just a hollow religious gesture. And we are to live lives of sacrifice, lives of worship. And so if there is not sacrifice in our lives in pursuit of the things that Christ has for us, if we're not giving anything up for that, then we're really not worshiping God with our lives. We're just living hollow uh, shallow lives that are just pretty on the outside. So this brings us to number four. We're going to have a little fun this morning. Because when you start talking about uh, very real things that are happening right now in our society, um, you need to have a little bit of humor or you can get too angry and too frustrated over it. But number four, can I get a witness? No, seriously, Jesus. Number four, we're talking about witness. And as we know, in a, in a court setting, a witness is somebody who tells, there's an eyewitness event, or sorry, there were a person who was there, they saw what happened, and they can tell others about what happened. A witness is somebody who, who shares the story, somebody who brings validity to what's being told. And that is the very thing that Christ has called us to be, in fact, the last thing that Jesus tells us to do before he physically steps out of this world and into his spiritual kingdom is in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. He's talking to the church. He's getting ready to ascend into heaven. He says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, to the ends of the earth. So he starts with where they are. He says, you're going to be my witnesses right here in your hometown. You're going to be my witnesses in the surrounding neighborhoods. You're going to be my witnesses in your state and in your country and to the ends of the earth. He wasn't just talking to his disciples that were there present, but as we know, we are all disciples of Christ, right? We are all students. We are all following Christ's example and learning him. And so we also are receiving this commandment to go and be his witnesses. And he says, go out into all the world and, and, and tell them my good news. It's, it's not just go out there, but as you go through life, as you live your life, as I put people inconveniently 
in your way, which we talked about last week, be my witnesses to them. See, the reason we're supposed to, to love God with all our heart, mind, body, and soul is that's what Christ taught us to do. And also love your neighbor as yourself. That's also what Christ taught us to do. Those are things that give witness to God. They give witness to Christ. And so as we do those things, we are being God's witnesses. So he's saying, go out, do these things, be my witnesses, and do these things so people will know about me. So they will know that I have hope. There is hope in this world, that there is light, that there is healing, there is restoration. Jesus also said this before Uh, That moment in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? How many of you ever had uh, spices or salt or something in your cupboard and you left it way too long and it goes bad? You can't make it good again. It's done. It's gone. Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled under as worthless. Ouch. Jesus is telling his disciples, he said, listen, and the Pharisees, they thought that they were doing good, but he said, you're not helping anything. You're not flavoring the world around us. And there's two, two aspects to that, that salt thing. Salt's used to also preserve things. Uh, yesterday, my wife posted a picture on Facebook. You might have seen me kneeling over a goat skin that I was scraping the flesh off of, trying to, for the first time, cure a goat skin. Don't ask. There's lots of reasons for it. It's, it's good fun. Uh, but anyway... You salt. The salt kills the bacteria. The salt kills the things that brings death and stench to that skin. The same thing applies. It's not just a matter of flavoring your food and bringing flavor, but also salt was a preservative. So Jesus is also saying, you see the death and you see the stench and the chaos in the world around us? Well, go out and be a part of the world and make it not. Take the power of the Holy Spirit and begin bringing life and preservation to the world around us. If we call ourselves followers of Christ and we are not not being a part of that, then what he's saying is, just like we said last week, it's a religious hollow gesture. It's worthless. It's like flavorless salt. It doesn't do any good to come together and just sing some songs And if we're not out actually telling the world about Jesus. It says in verse 14, you are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see, so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. You know, your power goes out in your house, it gets dark. Wouldn't your family be pretty upset if you took the one candle and you just kind of went in your own little room and shut the door? That doesn't do anyone any good, does it? No. He's saying, why would you say, oh, it's so dark in here. Let's light a candle. Okay, now let's put a basket over it and hide it. It doesn't do any good. So Jesus is saying, look, I've given you this light. I've given you my life. Don't hide up in fear. Too many times Christians, we like to huddle together because other Christians make us feel safe and they think like we do and Sometimes, and we like, okay, I'm, I'm safe here. And we hide away, and our light is then hidden away. And Jesus is saying, I didn't give you this life. I didn't give you light to keep it for yourself. I gave it to you so you can light up the darkness. We'll be talking about that this Christmas. Um, we have uh, Sunday actually falls on Christmas this Christmas falls on Sunday this year. You know what I mean. 
And uh, yes, we will be having a Sunday morning service. Uh, it'll be uh, kind of a special little service, and it is about Jesus, so that's why we decided to go ahead and have it. Yes? Can come in our jammies. Yes, you can come in your jammies. You can come in your jammies as long as they're appropriate. And, uh, but we'll be going, as we go through this Advent season, we'll be talking about Christ bringing light into the world. So he comes into the world, he brings light, he dies on the cross, resurrects, lights even brighter, and then he says, here. And he gives it to each and every one of us. And he says, now you are that light. Go and shine. Let your light shine before men. And too often times, we, we take that light and we go off into our own little rooms. Imagine we're all huddled together in a room and we've got our candles and that room lights up. But too often times, we we get discouraged, we get angry at other people, and, and we take our little candle, and we go off in our room, and we shut the door, and they take their little candle, and they go off in their room, and they shut the door. And all of a sudden, that light that was really bright is now gone. The reason why the world seems so dark right now, is particularly in this, we'll get into this a little bit later, politically charged season, is everyone's, ah, and they got their little candles, and they're going off and slamming their doors. And the light of the church is getting fractured. But here's the exciting part. When we choose to not do what everyone else is doing, when we choose to do what Christ is calling us to do, and we stay together, and we love, and we let our light shine before man, we let Christ shine out of us, that light is even brighter. That light is even brighter. In the darkest, darkest nights, one candle can light up so much space. And when we come together and we put those flames together, that flame gets even higher, gets bigger. This is what we are to be doing. We are the way others get to know about Christ. How many of you here, hopefully if you're here this morning, you're, you're either convinced of this or you're in process of of like oh, being okay with the idea, but how many of you believe Jesus is the answer? We, we sang that song, No Sweeter Name, You Are the Light, You Are the Answer, You Are the Solution. So um, the world's sick. The world's dying. It's got this thing called sin. It's got this thing called death. And we've, we've got this cure called Jesus. How horrible would it be if we just gave ourselves, gave ourselves the vaccine and didn't share it with anyone else in the world? How much do we have to hate the world around us to not want to share the answer, the solution? We are the way others get to know about Christ. Too often times we, we say, well, there's so many books out there and there's so many YouTube videos and there's so many churches and on and on and on, somebody is going to tell Billy Bob, who I work with, about Jesus. And when he finds out about him, he's going to get excited, and he's going to come to me and say, hey, I'm a Christian too, and we're going to go, yay! And then we're going to go to church, and everything's going to be great. Or sometimes we get the idea that we're just going to get together on Sunday mornings, and, and people are going to drive by, and they're going to be, oh, wow, there's a church. I need some of that. Now, that does happen sometimes. But the reality is, 
that people do not know about Jesus and who he really is, because there's a lot of bad information out there too. People know of a Jesus, but they do not know the Jesus. People may know of a Jesus. They may know him in the context of being part of their swearing vocabulary, but they do not know the Jesus. And the only way they're going to know the Jesus is if we individually demonstrate, teach, and share with them. That's how we take salt. That's how we take light. So if we, we got to sometimes think it's, it's so easy to always think that somebody else is going to do the job. Or someone else is going to do the job better, therefore I won't at all. And what Jesus is saying this morning is, can I get a witness? There are people all around us in our workplaces, in our families, in our communities that do not know the Jesus. They do not know what he is really about. They have been confused by the world around us. They have been confused by other Christians and and other churches, and, and, and they are confused about who he is. And one individual person living out what Christ has called them to in their lives will bring light, bring clarity to who Jesus is. We are the body of Christ. We are Christ's hands and feet. When the world looks at us, hopefully, they are seeing Jesus. That's how they get to know who he is. There is no other plan, as, as the, the author David Platt said, the church is plan A in the context of people learning about Jesus. There is no plan B. So say, just point at yourself and say, I'm plan A. I'm plan A. Don't you feel a little more special today? You're actually the A plan. You're not the last kid picked for uh, kickball this time. You're the first one picked. <laughs> Amen. Some of you are like, I hate kickball. Whatever. We are the salt and the light. You guys agree? We are the salt. We are the light. We got to get out there. We got to do it. So sometimes we do lose our saltiness a little bit. We do lose our effectiveness. We do sometimes lose our ability to season and influence the world around us. Sometimes our, our light Batteries get a little low. We forget to change out the spiritual batteries. We forget to put them on the charger. See, our spiritual batteries are rechargeable batteries. We come together, we worship, we spend time with God each day on our own. That's how we keep the batteries full. We study God's word, put God first. We do all these things that fills up. But sometimes the battery gets a little low. And then what happens is it starts flickering a little bit. We're like, we're smacking it. It always seems to go out when it's the worst opportunity. Our our spiritual lights seem to go out when it's the absolute darkest in the worst possible time. It's always in the middle of a hurricane, it seems like, when our spiritual lights go out. Hmm, I wonder why that is. So we're going to look at a few different things here. What are things that maybe hinder us from being a witness to who Christ is and what God is about to the world around us? What are some of the the things? 
One, it could be we simply aren't living the way Christ has called us to. It could be we're just not simply living a life that God's called us to. Maybe we've been compromising. We've been, we've been dipping our, our toes into the river of sin rather than the river of life. And now all of a sudden when we do that, that light gets really dim. Or what happens is we, we, none of us are like a hypocrite. And so what happens is we're like, oh, man, I've been, <laughs> whew, I can't be a witness right now. I'll be a hypocrite. And so we just put a basket over the light we do have so people don't see it. It's better they just think we're a total heathen than think we're a Christian acting like a total heathen. <laughs> Being honest. Or, unfortunately, maybe sometimes we don't think about that. And what we end up doing is sending a confusing picture about who Christ is. And we're like, Jesus is the light. And people look at our lives and they're like, I just barely see a glowing little light bulb. We're like... That's not going to light up my life. I don't need it. Or two, we give an imbalanced impression by focusing on one aspect of the gospel. Our theology gets a little goofy. Our grandmother told us this, or our sister so-and-so in Sunday school once told us this, and that's the one thing we just focus on and worry about all the time. And we get so focused on, for an example, people get so focused on trying to figure out the end times, and who's this Antichrist, and who's that Antichrist, and when's Jesus coming back, and that they've lost reality with the time that they're living in. There are a lot of Christians, they're so focused on trying to figure out the future, they've lost reality on the present. They've lost reality of their mission that they're supposed to be doing right now. Our mission is to tell people, yes, Jesus is coming back, but not to try to figure out when. It's just tell them he's coming back. It could be tomorrow, it could be a thousand years, I don't know. But hey, you better get ready. And what Jesus is doing in my life is incredible. I wouldn't want to live without it anyway. That's what we need to be doing. Or we believe and propagate things that sound nice but aren't in the Bible. You have those who, we're not, see, we're not just to memorize Scripture, but we're to learn what it says. Being, being a, a light doesn't mean just sharing and reposting little Christian memes on Facebook. Oftentimes, the scriptures aren't even in the right context. We have to be careful about what we're sharing with the world around us. Just because it sounds nice doesn't always mean it's in the Bible. So to be a good light, we have to know scripture. We have to understand what it really says. Because we don't want to be sending a confusing message, message to people. There's enough confusion as it is. So that can hinder our light. Fourth thing, we get distracted we get off kilter by politics, social issues, and life drama. How many of you have seen a few off kilter people this past week? <laughs> it's like the whole country's a tip top, you know, or a top, just kind of wobbling all over the place right now. So here are some tips. So we, we know, we've looked at Scripture, we are to be salt and light. We know that we can lose our saltiness, we can lose our light, we can get in the way and we can cause confusion. So here are some tips that we can put into practice this week, and this isn't an exhaustive list, it's just a few things to get us thinking and praying about, that can keep us from losing our flavor or killing our integrity as a witness to Christ. One, number one, we talked about this, live like Jesus. If we're going to be the light of Christ, we need to be like Jesus was. Which if you do the first two things we talked about, you're going to be doing all right. 
And what happens oftentimes is we don't want to live like Jesus, and we, we hear the things where people say, like this, people be like, only God can judge me. I'd be like, that should scare you. If you're listening to the podcast, that's a meme we're showing. I'm not talking like that, but live like Jesus. Too often times you're like, I can do what I want. Only Jesus can judge me. Yeah. The God of the universe. The one who gets to decide who's part of his family and who's not. The only one who is able to judge. We need to be living like Jesus. I don't want to be standing before God someday and he'd be like, hey, um, what were you doing? Uh, what do you mean? Why were you living that way? Uh, because I could. You forgave me. Not for that reason. Look how many lives you screwed up now. You don't know me. The Bible says there will be many that will stand before God and he will say, depart from me. I never knew you. We don't, why don't we ever see that verse on Facebook? Because either we fully accept Christ and we accept His grace and His forgiveness and we take hold of that and make a new life for ourselves or we don't. So we need to, best way to not lose our light to not, is to live like Jesus. Let that light shine within us. Live lives that are in accordance to God's word. Second thing, don't be argumentative. Don't sacrifice the war to win one battle. We don't have to prove to everyone we are right all the time. Because I guarantee you, all the time, we are not right. A lot of people need to start figuring that out. All the time... We are not right. My wife will tell you that. I am not right all the time. I still disagree, but I've learned not to argue about it. Sometimes we get this, oh boy, a Facebook argument about religion. I can make people believe in God if I argue with them enough. And not just on the the internet, but also in life, coffee shops, it's so easy to want to argue, to win the argument, because, oh, that person's just a poo-poo head. They don't know what they're talking about. If I win this argument, oh, they're going to see. They're going to know. At least they're going to know I'm right. We've all done it. Come on. That's not what Jesus wants us to do. That doesn't share the light. Being argumentative, it's, it's one thing to stand firm in what we believe and not change that, but can we stand firm and be respectful and kind to others and show the love of Christ as Jesus did when he was talking to the world and talking to the sinners and follow his example? Yes, yes we can. We can show a better way. When we're too argumentative, when we, when we do that, things, what happens is we're, we're so focused on this one battle, we're so focused on winning this one point, this one argument, that we completely lose the war. And that war being to help them see a full picture of who Jesus is so they can come to follow him. So what happens, we sacrifice this person, possibly, maybe, just imagine, this is a scary thought, what if we're the one best opportunity that person has to see Jesus because of how we're positioned in their life? 
And now we've just thrown away the opportunity to give them the greater picture of who Jesus is because we've just shot them down over one issue. They're not going to listen to anything else now, are they? We need to have a a fuller perspective and mindset. We are not called to win arguments. We are called to show and teach Christ. We will lose that opportunity if we win those argumentative battles. Next one, don't reduce following Christ to a simple matter of people thinking and voting like us. I saw a guy on Facebook. I, I don't even remember how we were Facebook friends. But anyway, it was, I kept him because it was so dumbfounding and interesting. I kept it. But anyway, he, he posted, you can't be a Christian and vote for dot, 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 so-and-so. I'm like, what? Seriously? And then the thread that followed after that, oh, Jesus was not getting a lot of light in that thing. Let's not reduce following Christ to a simple matter of people thinking and voting like us. There's a lot of issues. There's a lot of different complex things. The reason why people vote or have different philosophies on how government should be run. And that's okay. We're to be worried about a heavenly kingdom. Yes, be a good citizen. Yes, be involved. But do not sacrifice your witness for Christ to win an argument about an earthly kingdom and political system. Which takes us into the second part. Don't be in your face political. And I'm hitting that because of this week. We always feel the need. It's so easy. You see something posted on social media and, or you hear somebody talking and you're like, yeah, but I heard this. Yeah, but I read that on the radio. Yeah, we've got to fix everyone and enlighten them to be as enlightened as we are. And especially in, the, in this, this week that has gone by, it, is, it grieves me. The Holy Spirit is grieved this week to see the, the slander, the divisiveness, the cursing, the name-calling, the villainization, the black versus white, urban versus rural, educated versus uneducated, blue versus red, on and on and on that has taken place this week. People who used to talk about how good God is and, and, and how great God is doing in their lives and, yay, Jesus is doing this and our church is doing this, I haven't seen any of that for the last month. All I have seen is political crap. We are wrecking our witness to Christ. And just to put it in perspective, and this is why it's so important, why I'm, I'm kind of worked up about it, is our goal is to share Christ. And when we put our politics first, especially in today's environment, when you put your politics first, you are right now putting a wall between you and 50% of the rest of the country 50% of the rest of the people in your life that God has called you to, to be a witness. I'm ashamed to see pastors and denominational leaders posting political garbage, talking about how right they are. They are cutting off their witness to 50% of the rest of this country. How are we going to fulfill our great commission if we do that? It's okay to have political opinions. It's okay to to vote this way or that way. But let's put Christ first. Let's stop worrying about who's in the White House. Because we know who's on the throne in heaven, and so it does not matter who's in the White House. We are called to be 
a witness. Let's go on to the next one here. So going on to that, jumping off there, whew, calm down a little bit now. All right, had to say that. Second, or the next thing that sometimes hinders us and hinders our witness, and we're, we're in a technological age, and I'm sorry if you're not on Facebook, but this can apply to you too. Let's say, have you ever had people that just really overshare? <laughs> not just on Facebook, they just overshare. How's it going? My husband cheated on me, but good, other than that, good. Whoa! Okay? We're in a society where we, we've lost discernment. We've lost wisdom. And what is appropriate and not appropriate to share with the whole world? Now, obviously, there, we, we, we need to be transparent and we need to be honest about our lives. And it's okay to say, yes, I'm not perfect. But we are to be about shining light into the world. And when we shine our darkness into the world... It's kind of hard for them to see the light. Now, we're not hiding, but we oftentimes it's, it's just this negative, ah, oh, this is going on, and ah, oh, this is going on, and it's hopeless, and this and this. And what happens is we end up posting everything that's junk and all of our drama, and oh, I had this argument with that person. And you ever seen those comments? It seems like every day somebody posts, oh, I got cut off in traffic. That person's a knucklehead. People need to learn how to drive. Or, ah, oh, my family member, they just can't take the trash out. I'm the only one that does anything around here. Blah, 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 blah. Ah, it's called gossip. See, we think, it's amazing how we think I'm posting this and I'm typing this and I'm sending it out to the world to see, but somehow it's anonymous. No, it's not. Your name's right there. And people share this stuff. And not for the right reasons. And so part of the way we can to help control and better um, handle our witness is Think before we click. Here's the beauty of, of, of social media. So, you know, when we're one-on-one, things fly out of our mouths, and we're like, oops, you can't take it back. So then we have to like, excuse me, sorry, I shouldn't have said that. Uh, please forgive me. That's gossip. I'm not going to say that. And we move on. But for some reason, we think it's okay once we type it and send it out into the magical world of the World Wide Web. And I've seen a lot of Christians are hindering their witness because of what they put out there. Or, here's another thing, just because it makes us chuckle when we first see it does not mean it's appropriate to share. Okay, because we're not perfect, and we see things that aren't perfect, and sometimes those imperfect things make us laugh. And we're like, oh, that's funny, click, share. Oh, I didn't want my mom to see that. Unless your mom's the one who shared it initially. But maybe your mom needs to, to think about this too. But we need to start thinking. It's so easy to get all spiritual that we stop thinking sometimes. God gave us a brain. He, gave us, he says, whoever is lacking wisdom should pray for it. Let's use wisdom. Let's, let's be careful. It's, it's an incredible time we live in. We've got the social media. It's a great opportunity. We have coffee shops and, and establishments all around us where people gather and you can sit and talk with people. We have great opportunity to share light. And so we need to start thinking in terms of, and what I'm doing and what am I saying and what am I sharing, whether it's in person or, or via social media, is that shining Christ or is it hiding or confusing the message and the picture of who Christ is. 
So here's some do's. We did our do nots. Just some suggestions. And of course, those weren't exhaustive. But here's, here's some suggestions. Do smile. Okay? There's a lot of people this week not smiling. And so you got some people not smiling because their candidates, plural or whatnot, didn't get elected. And then you got other people not smiling because those people aren't happy that your people got elected. And so everyone's not smiling. Everyone's grumpy and mad at each other. We can shine a little bit of light. I mean, who do you want to hear Jesus from? Grumpy bulldog face? You need Jesus. Then you'll get it. No. Or do you want the person that says, hey, how's it going? You know what? It's a beautiful day today. I can't tell you how glad I am. Man, I, with everything that's going on, if it wasn't for Jesus, I'd be less like everyone else. Maybe I'd look just like you, but praise God. <laughs> God is doing some amazing things. We want to share that. People want to hear good news from people that are smiling. From people who are full of the joy of the Lord. Don't let the world... So, one, do smile. Even if you have to, you know, what do they say, fake it till you make it a little bit? Put a smile on! Because even if you don't feel like smiling, in Christ we have more than enough reasons to be smiling. Do not fear. Put that smile on and then stop worrying. Stop fearing. God is in control. God is in control. So we put a smile on our face and we take our lives and we take everything we're worried about and we put it in his hands and now he's in control of it. Do not fear. The world around us is in fear. We need to say, hey, you know what? I'm not worried. Why? Because I know who my God is. I know what he's done for me. And no matter what happens around me, me and my family, we're going to be okay. Even if we lose everything, we're going to be okay. How can you have such peace? That doesn't make sense. Jesus said, I'll give you peace that passes all understanding. It confuses people. That's a huge witness. That light shines. They're like, whoa, that's a lot of light. It's a little crazy, but I need some of that right now. I'm going to come with you. Everyone will get really close to the crazy person if they've got the flashlight in the middle of the darkness, right? All of a sudden, that person, you're like, they're just a little too happy. But all of a sudden, you know, the lights go out, and you're going through that creepy cave, and you're afraid there's bats. You get really close to them. They're your best friend now. Do be funny and not so serious. The joy of the Lord Let's laugh a little. Let's celebrate what God's done for us. We don't need to be grumpy sticks in the mud, okay? We need to get together and have fun. Enjoy, celebrate life. Everyone's so worried about death and losing everything that they forget to celebrate the life God's given us and celebrate the things he has given us. Do be funny, laugh. Try to tell a joke this week. Make sure it's a clean one. Do treat others, even those who disagree with us, with you, with kindness, dignity, and respect. That's how we want others to treat us, right? We want others to respect us. We want other people to hear what we have to say. We have some good things to say, don't we? 
And so if we want people to respect the good things that we have to share, mainly that being Christ, if we want people to listen to everything we have to say, hold on, pull up your socks, we may have to listen to them first. We may have to even do that biting our lip, not to correct them every time they see something we disagree with. People will listen to the person who has listened to them. Do post on social media things that edify, encourage, and promote peace. Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers. If you think, man, this is really going to get them riled up because I'm so right. Boom. Probably not the best thing to post right now. (laughs) Probably not the right heart and attitude. And I'm the same way. Okay, because I'm like, oh, I got you now. Like, yeah, you just don't even know. And then you just open this big can, and you're like, ah, I can't close it now. (laughs) Going back to it, don't lose the war to win the battle. So let's post, there's a lot of negative things going out. Imagine if all of a sudden the internet started getting flooded with encouraging positive Jesus things. Hillary said cat videos. If you're a dog lover like me, I don't know, that's too divisive right now. Do be patient and kind to the people who are doing all the above. Do not. So everyone who's doing all the things that we just said don't do, be patient and kind to them. That's how they're going to learn to be patient and kind and learn the do's. Do share what Jesus has done in your life with others. We have a very simple Incredible command. Tell people about me. Tell people about what I have done in you. Every single one of us has a story. Every single one of us has incredible ways that God currently is working, He has done in our lives. And even if our testimony is simply that, you know what, whatever it may be, your testimony may be 15 minutes new. I didn't think anything good in my life happened, but 15 minutes ago, God did this. Great, that's your testimony. Share what God has done. Share who God is. Share Christ. This week, as we go out, I want us to pray and ask God, who have you put in my life that I am to start sharing Christ? And it's not just a one and done thing. Sharing Christ is go and make disciples, not just go and tell them about me, go and make disciples. And so even before they fully come to an understanding of who Christ is, we got to begin that discipleship process. So by the time they really know who God is, it's because we've been teaching them all along the way. And so ask God, say, who do I need to step back, maybe realize, do I have a basket over my light? Do I need to take that off? Have I been hold up in my room all by myself with my light. Who is God calling me to take light to this week? And if you have to write down those names, pray for those names every single day. The early church did not grow because people just heard what was going on and they come checked it out. No, they thought they were weird. They didn't want to do that. They were afraid of them. The reason it grew is because they would meet these new Christians, people of the way, the way to live your life, the Jesus way. They would meet them in their workplace, in the markets. And they were like, what is wrong with you? How do you have so much light? And they said, well, let me tell you. 
And they start telling about Jesus, and they're like, I need that. And then they would bring them with them to church. My job is to, to help all of us disciple people. My job is not to disciple everyone. My job is to help you help others. We all are called to be evangelists. We are all called to share the light, to be salt and light in the world around us, to let other people know about who Jesus is. So let's begin doing that. Amen? Amen. Let's